0: And thank you for joining us today. This is Dr. Tommy Show live from Wesley Chapel, Florida. I am America's free market doctor, Dr. Tommy McElroy, and you are joining the most listened to concierge medicine morning show in the whole United States. And we would like to thank all of our listeners for that. That's listeners who listen on YouTube and also on SoundCloud or iTunes or Stitcher or TuneIn or any of the number of different avenues you can go about listening to the Dr. Tommy Show. To find all those avenues, go to AskDrTommy.com, and you can click on Listen Live, Watch Live, Listen on Delay, Watch on Delay. All the different ways you can do it are there. And don't forget to subscribe. If you are listening, you can subscribe on iTunes. And then if you are watching, you can subscribe on YouTube. And today, the Dr. Tommy Show is brought to you by Atlas MD, which is the medical membership Software of choice for membership medicine doctors across the United States and membership medicine doctors include those who practice direct primary care and concierge medicine. And it also includes uh, anybody who can use Atlas MD who basically doesn't utilize insurance for payment and rather bills patients directly. If you are a physician out there or chiropractor or um, any other type of physician that bills patients directly and you want to learn about Atlas MD, you can go to AskDrTommy.com and click on the special offer for Atlas MD. And then you will be able to use Atlas MD for free for the low, low price of $0 for 60 days. And today we are going to talk about cord cutting. And today I'm not joined by my usual co-host, Tracy, because she could not make it. But you will not even notice because um, it's going to go off without a hitch. Uh, Hopefully not. But in in the meantime, um, one of the things that I was... Uh, called to my attention over the last week was on LinkedIn. Uh, A gentleman that connected with me said, uh, this is uh, on LinkedIn, says, Tommy McRoy, MD, I'm curious about your opinion on this letter regarding Germany's healthcare system as a model for the U.S. I do realize you're advocating for an open market versus single payer. And then he had a letter that was written to the Tampa Bay Times. And this is open public information. So I'm not... uh, I'm not busting any confidentiality by saying this is stephen rich in st petersburg and he says healthcare, excellent care for much less and he opens the letter by saying in 2016 while trying to go through a blocked exit of a restroom in frankfurt my wife slipped on the wet floor breaking the neck of her femur after emergency treatment at the airport she was rushed to a nearby hospital at goth university she underwent emergency surgery performed by a professor who teaches the procedure She received excellent care for eight days, and she was hospitalized and has thorough, successful recovery. He goes on to say, German costs were $8,000. Representatives from Blue Cross estimated that the cost would be somewhere between $80,000 and $100,000 here in the United States. And he goes on to list um, why he believes that the cost was low here or overseas as opposed to here. And he says, uh, among the reasons, uh, tort reform. Okay. Non-economic damages are a fraction in degree consistent with overall medical costs. 10%. Uh, Germany does not have a personal care, personal injury, lawyer industry. Doctors compensation. Doctors told me they can happily get by on 200, 300,000 euros per year. Treating and caring for patients is their primary goal. Medical student support. Doctors do not graduate with huge debts and must be figured into their overhead. Treatment-based pricing uh, based on studies of procedures, models, and recovers and outcomes, a fixed reimbursement set for all treatments. And universal single payer, the exorbitant executive salaries, marketing costs, and profits of the private industry are eliminated. Supplemental private insurance is available, but the general program, which is available all systems of Germany, is held in esteem by all the Germans we have spoken to. Remember, we have not paid for anything into the system, and our costs were 10 percent of what they would have been in the United States and he closes by saying so what business person would turn his or her back on real evidence that the product that a product of the same or better quality could be had at 10% of the current asking price and that is not just any product healthcare or lack thereof affects fundamental right to life liberty and pursuit of happiness why are these and other elements of the german healthcare model not under consideration by the us senate and he makes a great point why isn't it under consideration by the us senate and any listener to this program knows that i am not an advocate for a single-payer program however i am an advocate for utilizing different programs from different perspectives in different states and what this gentleman raises is a is a great opportunity uh, for some state to uh, pass this in their state, as Colorado attempted to do recently, but uh, failed at uh, the ballot box for referendum, and be able to have single payer or the equivalent or whatever kind of different kind of program you'd like in your, in your state. Where I disagree with Mr. Rich is, uh, why does it have to be for the whole United States for this model to happen? One of the things that I disagree with about this is, The fact that doctors told me they can happily get by on 200 to 300 euros per year. Okay, so whatever that breaks out to, um, that's fine for those doctors. But why does every doctor in the United States have to have the state administer their their salary to them? Uh, Why would that be beneficial? Well, why would it not be beneficial? Well, for one, if there is a doctor out there who makes more than 300 euros per year, let's say, let's say that his... Uh, skills or her skills demand more than 300 euros, 300,000 euros per year. Uh, What will they be forced to do then in Germany? Will they work for less than 300,000 euros per year or would they instead not work for it or maybe only work part-time? So these are some of the things that people advocate for single-payer that they uh, oftentimes do not take into consideration. Another consideration is um, freedom. If you have a state that whether it be Germany or California or Vermont or Florida, that dictates to the doctors, uh, right? like he says here, based on the studies, of procedures, modes of recovering outcomes, a fixed reimbursement for all treatments. Any of you at home who've ever called an insurance company or Medicare and uh, sat through the different things that you have to go through in order to have a claim paid, know very well that this is not something that is consumer-centric. And I am in favor of consumer-centric models uh, such as uh, free market health care reforms that utilize insurance for things that are rare, expensive, and unpredictable, and then utilize uh, uh, your own money, whether it be through a health savings account or a flexible spending account or, or cash or whatever you want for the routine matters that may not require uh, a third-party payer. Um, to the point of the uh, government controlling that type of uh, outcome or that kind of delivery model. Let's go to uh, this is Dr. Jane Orient and it's in um, it's called it's not about healthcare it's about control and I saw this today on LinkedIn as well and this was in uh, let's see this is in PPJ Gazette and that is PPJ P or PPJ g.me anyway ppj gazette and this is a it's not about healthcare. it's about control it's from dr jane orient who's the executive director of the american uh, association of american physicians and surgeons which if you are not familiar is kind of a counterweight to uh, the ama so the ama is um, if you were to think about what is the establishment uh, what is establishment opinion on anything medical Uh, Dial up AMA and they will have it good or bad or indifferent. That's the case if you want to know what the general consensus of the establishment of Washington DC and that type of uh, thing is on medical care dial up the AMA and they'll have it so AAPS is the counterweight to that or offering a different opinion. So Dr. Orient talks about Single-payer and I'm going to read from the article here. It says of course, there is. OK, I'm sorry. We're moving toward the end game of single payer, which assures a continued diversion of funds to the swamp. These funds are no longer available for people to choose as they choose to spend. And worse, the system will carefully control the funds that actually provide care, say, by punishing doctors from deviated from government dictated, quote, best practices. So back to this uh, gentleman's point here. Uh based on studies of procedures, modes, and recoveries of outcomes, a fixed reimbursement set for all procedures. So, you know, you could say, well, there's, a if someone goes to, let's say, a doctor for strep throat, there's an accepted protocol for that. And the protocol is, unless they're allergic, 10 days of penicillin or a shot, or if they're allergic to some other antibiotic, that's an accepted protocol. But as Dr. Orient states, um, that could go awry when you have the government controlling it. And back to the article, it will allow for nothing it calls, quote, snake oil, things like vitamin D, hormone supplements for aging, and other general, generally benign items that people find worthwhile but will drain profits from the government approved treatments. Nothing, quote, futile, like experimental treatments for Charlie Gard, who is the infant who was born with an apnea disorder in Great Britain, it's been in the news. Nothing experimental outside the control of the FDA that might compete with lucrative drugs medical marijuana, for instance, nothing that is not, quote, value-based, such as life-threatening or life-sustaining treatment, including food and water to, to patients, not valuable enough to treat for pneumonia, heart failure, or bleeding ulcer. The system is also striving to eliminate non-adherence. Patients will take their vaccines or lipid-controlling medicine, like it or not, because the benefit to, quote, society is claimed to outweigh the risk to them personally. The system wants Americans to trade their freedom for the illusion of health care. And so that is my general take on it, is the the, the healthcare debate we're having now that uh, you're seeing in Washington, D.C. with uh, Senator McConnell, uh, Congressman Ryan, and uh, all the different parties that you're seeing is not talking about health care. They're talking about health insurance. They're talking about health payment models. They're talking about how to provide for every single American a universal method for taking care of every little problem that they may come across in their lives from a medical standpoint, whether it be a sprained toe, whether it be open heart surgery, whether it be treatment for genetic disorders, or whether it be treatment for a routine thing like hypertension. That is not what we should be doing. We should be concentrating on providing affordable health care, as the Affordable Health Care Act purports to have done, provide affordable health care. Affordable healthcare is achievable very simply through the free market as it had been done in the years before the proliferation of what we know today as the healthcare payment system. Uh, if a patient comes in to see me today, and let's say I am not a concierge doctor, let's say that I'm an insurance based medicine doctor, and I'm doing a, my best work I could possibly can. The amount of work that I will do for that patient is a fraction of the amount of work that I will end up doing overall to see that patient. What am I saying? Well, if someone comes through my door and I'm an insurance-based doctor and they have a seat out there in the lobby, it's not just me and Tracy or and the patient as we are now. It would be me, someone like Tracy, someone like myself, and a cadre of billing specialists, a cadre of appointment setters, and all tort, all types of other um, basically bureaucracy that we will have to then employ in order to see a patient for something as mundane as a strep throat. So the first thing that would happen is the patient would come back. First of all, no, they wouldn't come back. First thing that would happen is they would present themselves to the window and the person at the front desk would say, where's your insurance card? And if you don't have the insurance card, then they're gonna to have to say, are you gonna be even seen today? And there's some practices that will not see patients unless they have insurance. And if they do see patients that don't have insurance, the price is exorbitant. So first we have to see, do you have insurance? Then they would come back. And then we would do the medical part of it where we would talk about whatever their medical problem is. And then after a period of several minutes, we would send them on their way. And then the real work starts. And that's the work of billing and coding and check boxes and all the things that you as a patient don't see. So that's one of the things that we do that is less expensive and would allow for more patients to see more doctors or actually more patients to see fewer doctors and have better care is if we eliminated a lot of the hassle that doctors have to go through in order to to have payment and payment in the insurance based medicine model is the uh, one of the biggest things that causes burnout uh, burnout if you read about it is they have all these different things now they're going to do for doctors they are gonna have wellness programs they're gonna have meditation they're gonna have uh, maybe group hugs and they're gonna do all these things that allow doctors then to go back into the fray and tackle their mountains of bureaucracy and paperwork without quitting or without going into depression or without, unfortunately, committing suicide. Some, many doctors do that. And so healthcare, if you, next time you turn on the TV and you hear a doctor, or I'm sorry, politician talk about healthcare, remember, they are not talking about healthcare. They are talking about health insurance. They are talking about ways to preserve the current bureaucratic model that has cost millions of people, millions of dollars, and has not improved healthcare. And so when you read back to Mr. Rich's article, he is exactly right. The the care that we receive can be done for at a fraction of the cost. That is if we are willing to embrace creative models, if we are willing to embrace models that eschew eschew, uh, bureaucracy, or if we are willing to accept models that allow for different models for different populations. Back to my point and this ongoing point I have, if you live in California and you would like to have single-payer or Vermont or anywhere, then you should have your your state pass that. Or you should advocate for that for your state to pass. And if you're in those states and you don't want that, you should advocate. The best way to have the type of care that you want is right here in the Constitution. And it's in the amendments here to the Constitution. Actually, it's over on the other wall. Um, but... The 10th Amendment allows for the states to do what they would like to do with their own citizens and allows the federal government to have an overarching, generalized um, set of rules that are very limited. The enumerated powers of the federal government are very limited. And I hate to break it to you, but Social Security and Medicare are listed nowhere in the Constitution. And there's a very good reason for it, because our forefathers, founding fathers, knew that that the likelihood of a a diverse state country like the United States ever being able to successfully deploy something as intimate as the care between a physician and a patient across the whole country, even at that time was a small country compared to now, even then they knew it was a fool's errand. And that's why the things that are going on today in Congress and in Washington, D.C. are also a fool's errand. And I would advocate for repeal of Obamacare and replacement as needed by the states with their own legislation and allow those federal dollars that are being now taken from the states to fuel the federal government healthcare bureaucracy system, return those to the states and let them do as they wish. Medicaid, all of it. And then let's see who does the best and you will probably see a variety of different plans and you will probably see something where Mr. Rich uh, may or may not be happy with the uh, care that he's receiving in his state but then you have the opportunity to move or at least have a choice and The opposite is not I, I see it very favorable where you turn your your all of the Creativity and all of the all the things that are done in medicine you allow the government to then dictate how to do that because they are not the brightest and they are not the best. You are out there. You are the best and the brightest. You people out there who are working, you're entrepreneurs or people in government. Individuals are the best and brightest. There is no collective wisdom that is better and more exuberant as far as ideas than the those of individual citizens. So always, in my mind, it's better to trust The individuals and then the states and then at the least, the last choice is to trust the federal government because they have um, demonstrated that they are very inept at controlling cost and administering anything. And if you have any doubts on that, just look at the uh, current system that we have of trillions of dollars in debt, 19 trillion of real debt, greater than 200 trillion in unrealized debt or debt that's owed to Medicare and Social Security people. Um, uh, citizens that are going to be do that, um, and then if you look at the different healthcare systems we have, uh, it's a mess. And so my advocation would be for single payer for you in your state if you like it, or free markets in you for you in your state if you like it. Repeal Obamacare and institute some common sense measures in your state so that people can afford to go to the doctor again and not be not be stuck in the system where they say. What is your insurance plan? Do you have insurance? And if you don't, then you're left out in the cold because people can't afford it. That was a little bit about cord cutting and how to cord cut yourself from the government and healthcare. Another thing I wanted to cover today was cord cutting and television and the cable markets. And cable television, if you grew up during the 80s, had its peak in the 80s and 90s, and maybe even 2000s as now has basically been decimated by streaming. So streaming is a way that you can get some of the same programming that you want for uh, over the cable networks, but at potentially a less costly amount or at least more selective. Cord cutting, if you're not familiar, is a basically stopping cable, stopping cable from that that gives you uh, the package. So the package that is hundreds of channels um, that you may or may not ever watch. Uh, Cutting that cord and then supplanting that either with internet alone or internet with broadcast TV um, antenna. Uh, I personally have cut the cord now going back, I think, three years. And I was paying roughly $150, $160 a month for cable. And now I've cut the cord and the cost, I believe cables, I think it went up, but it was $49. I think it's $60 now. Either way, it's much cheaper. And then so you say, well, that's great you have that, but I like sports. What do I do for sports? Well, sports is a problem, and I will admit that. And you will see that some of the people who hang on to cable is because of sports or some specific thing that they cannot get. But there is an answer. So one of the answers is, like I said before, to have an antenna an outdoor antenna many of you watching probably have never seen an outdoor antenna or know what one is but back in the old days there used to be antennas that went up the side of a house and they were pointed at a certain direction and uh, signals were sent over the airways as they are still now and you were able to grab those and then watch them on your tv for absolutely nothing and that's called broadcast tv and if you look at a broadcast station if you have a good antenna the quality of the broadcast that you'll watch on your tv from an antenna is actually superior to that of cable. So get a, get a, get a, uh, antenna. And then what I did in my home is I used the same cables that go to my cable boxes that used to go to my cable boxes for my TVs. And I just ran that same coax, uh, cable into my antenna. So I took my, I disconnected the, uh, cable. And then from the same splitter that I had on the side of my house, I ran an antenna. I I pointed it in the right direction. I looked it up online. I think it's antenna.org or somewhere. If you just look up Google antenna um, uh, direction or antenna signals in my area, you'll find it. But there's a I think it's antennaweb.org. But anyway, you can look at the direction of which way to point your antenna. And I use my phone and there's a compass feature on your phone and I put it next to the antenna and I steered it towards 22.3 degrees, I believe it was. And that's where you get 85-95% of the broadcast stations in Tampa Bay. And then i took the coax from the antenna and ran it back down to that splitter voila i have cable channels i'm sorry i have broadcast channels now and the broadcast channels i have about i think there's about 30 total a lot of them i don't watch same as cable except i don't pay anything for it Uh, i do watch you know there's some stations i watch more like create tv i watch i watch there's a movie channel that i watch as a broadcast tv and then back to the point of what do i do about sports well a lot of sports are on broadcast tv those who are not such as the ones that ESPN has taken uh, those, those ones you can get through ESPN through a streaming option option. And the one I used was Sling TV. So Sling TV is a, an app that you use and you have to have a a player. So you have to have, I believe Roku does it. Uh, I used um, my computer to do it. There's a variety of ways, but you can use these uh, adapters to get things. So, um, I believe uh, probably some of the newer Blu-ray players may have it. But anyway, Sling TV is an app. So the app works as an interface between the Internet and your display device to run that content. And you get it over the Internet. And then once you do something like that, Sling TV, depending on the package you buy, may cost you 9 or $10 a month if you just want to watch ESPN. So for the college football season, I had Sling TV for a period of time. And then I discontinued it because I don't want it the rest of the year. And I, I could care less to watch ESPN. Uh, for most of the time, because uh, there 's just nothing on it that 's interested in me except during football season, and so whatever your interests are, you can usually find that through an app and also, as we know there 's Hulu and Netflix for seeing uh t v shows and there 's amazon prime too so there 's a cord cutting is available cord cutting has been utilized in the telecommunication industry to allow customers to achieve a more direct more customized service that they would enjoy, and then utilize their savings for whatever they want—ice cream, buying new clothes, whatever the case is. The same can be done for healthcare. The same should be done for healthcare. Cut the cord if you're into that. Uh, if you if you're interested in learning more about how to cut the cord from a healthcare standpoint model, uh, and take advantage of your own healthcare, you can join a direct primary care practice or a concierge practice that is uh something that we do here uh and if you're interested in learning more about what we do uh the type of thing that we do you can go to tampadirectcare.com that's our website for echelon health practice but also if you go to askdrtommy.com and you're not in our area or you you want to see other physicians that are around, go to AskDrTommy.com and then click on Patients, and there's a whole page there for you. It shows you different options, including different options about what to do if you don't have insurance, uh, such as health-sharing health, health sharing ministries, and then allow you to cut the cord or start considering cutting the cord. We are in 2017, and 2017 marks oh about 20 31 years since uh, the new Van Halen what it was called then was new van halen and van halen up until that time was fronted by david lee roth uh, along with eddie van halen alex van halen and michael anthony and then in 1985 roth left went solo and they had what we call the new van halen and the new van halen had sammy hagar the red rocker as the lead singer and today's song of the week is featuring the initial album or the first album from the uh new van halen and it's the eponymous uh name uh, It's a title that's eponymously named album 5150 and uh, so for all of you out there listening enjoy this and for those of you on youtube sign up on itunes and itunes sign up on youtube and vice versa until next time bye bye